Hey guys, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Fried Green Tomatoes. If you haven't had a chance to catch the first three episodes, please check those out. They have lots of valuable information. Um, today in episode four, we're going to be discussing the flowering stage of cannabis. And once again, I'm Lauren and joining me is my friend David. Hello again, everybody. So when does the flowering stage begin? So uh, the flowering stage begins dependent on the environment in which you're growing in. So if you're growing outdoors, uh, the, the plants are going to start flowering as soon as the days start to get shorter, usually around autumn. Um, so cannabis plants enter the flowering stage once it receives a 12-hour light cycle, meaning as soon as it has 12 hours of consistent dark a day, um, if that happens for about two to three days in a row, uh, the plant is then going to start producing hormones and flipping over into uh, their flowering stage. Um, the only time that this isn't the case is when you have an autoflower strain, which um, then it's, it's not photoperiod dependent, meaning it doesn't care how much light you give it. You can give it light 24 hours a day and it's still going to flip over to flower once it feels like it has reached a certain amount of growth that it feels comfortable with. Okay. And how long does the flowering stage take? So flowering stages can vary widely depending on the strain. Um, a lot of the the packs of seeds that you're going to get from seed banks are going to have the normal um, ranges of dates, but you're looking at eight to 11 weeks, depending on which strain. So um, for a more indica heavy strain, you're looking at a shorter flower time of around eight to 10 weeks, somewhere in there. Sativas, uh, strains that are heavier in, in sativa will take anywhere from 10, 12, sometimes even 14 weeks. Um, but for most purposes, typically you're going to have a hybrid strain, so you're looking at somewhere between six and eight weeks to fully develop. Uh, excuse me, six to ten weeks to fully develop. Okay, and um, pretty important here. How do I know um, whether my plant is a male or a female? Yeah, so you have a couple options uh, when you're talking about male and female plants. There are, um, in these same seed banks, you can get packages of seeds that are feminized, meaning it's almost guaranteed, almost 100%, that every single seed in that pack, as long as it's a reputable bank, is going to be a female seed. Um, now, it is a complicated process to make a plant produce only female seeds, and maybe we'll do an episode later down the road about that. But the easiest way to tell, if you're not sure, after you've grown it, is once a plant is ready to be switched over into the flowering stage, it, it enters something called the pre-flower. In the pre-flower phase, it's going to um, start to grow its reproductive organs. So in the case of a female, at all the bud sites and all the nodes, it's going to start growing these little white hairs um, called pistils. And usually they are in groups of two. So it would be you know, two white hairs sticking out of each side of the node. So each node will have four white pistils total, two on each end. Um, for a male plant, you, everywhere where you would see pistils on a female plant will start to grow uh, pollen sacs um, that are about the size of like, like a pea almost. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and so um, in regards to the growing requirements for flowering um, cannabis plants, we had talked about lighting before, um, and I understand that there are 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness that we need to give them. Um, and it's important that you don't interrupt during the dark periods by like just opening it up for just a sec. Um, light contamination may cause your plant to um, slow the budding process. Um, it may even cause it to go back to the vegetative state, which is revegetate, or it could start producing hermaphrodite flowers. Um, and then can you discuss like the temperature and the humidity also required? Right. Yeah. So a general rule whenever you're talking about temperature for the cannabis plants is that as long as a human being is comfortable, uh, the plant itself should be comfortable. So somewhere in the range of 68 to 78 degrees is where you want to stay. Uh, obviously that's Fahrenheit to keep the, the plants healthy and happy. Okay. And then, um, humidity. Right. So typically in the, beginning to middle of the flowering stage, you want to keep it ideally between 40 to 50% humidity. Um, again, there's a number of uh, pieces of hardware that you can purchase to track your humidity. And to adjust that, the easiest way is obviously going to be to have a humidifier and a dehumidifier in your grow space. Um, but the, the higher humidity you have, the higher risk there is of mold or fungus beginning to grow on your plants. And that that's a big risk. One of the only risks that are left once you've made it this far in, into the life cycle of the plant. Okay. And what are the nutrients that they need in the flowering stage? Okay. So a cannabis plant needs three major or macronutrients to grow. Um, this is called N. PK, and that stands for nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And those are the three basic building blocks that a plant's going to need to grow. Uh, previous to a flowering phase, all of your fertilizer is going to be heavy in nitrogen and light on potassium. Also, generally light on phosphorus as well. But once you flip over into flower, those um, nutrient requirements are inverse, meaning you will need less nitrogen than phosphorus and potassium. So um, when you look on bags of fertilizer, you're gonna see an MPK rating and it's just gonna be um, three numbers separated by dashes. So typically you'll see like a, uh, a 444 or you'll hear people say a 444, which is gonna be an all purpose fertilizer, which means it's equal parts nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium to feed your plants. Mm -hmm. So while the nitrogen concentrations are lowered for the flower, uh, for the flower segment, um, you need to look for specific fertilizers that are high in phosphorus and potassium. Usually they will be marketed as such. And um, again, it's industry standard to see those three numbers. And it is in that order. So it's always going to be NPK. So for a um, flowering fertilizer, you want the first number to be lower and the second two numbers to be higher. Um, okay. Also, there are secondary nutrients or micronutrients that are necessary for uh, the plant to grow. So there's uh, magnesium, calcium, um, and sulfur. There's also uh, zinc, manganese, iron, boron, chlorine, cobalt, copper, um, molybdenum, and silicon. Okay, and um, what is the best feeding plan or nutrient application schedule for the plant at this stage? 
So that's going to be specific to the grow and also the grower. Um, but bear in mind that you're going to need all those nutrients that we just discussed. So you're going to need excess of the macronutrients, the nitrogen, the phosphorus, the potassium, and you're going to need smaller doses of all of the other ones to create a healthy plant that isn't lacking in nutrients. And then we'll show deficiencies in the flowers and the plant, uh, you know, the plant's leaves and, and they'll begin wilting and dying if they don't have those. So there's a there's a number of methods that that you can do. Um, if you're going for an organic grow, then all of these minerals should already be in the soil, and then um, the microorganisms in the soil will break down those elements and put them into a format in which the plant can eat. If you are doing a uh, chemical grow, then you're going to need to feed your plant on a consistent schedule with the correct nutrients at the correct times. So typically what I do when I'm do uh, chemical grows is that I will do two feedings with fertilizer and then a third feeding of just water in a week. So typically three feedings. So during the week I'm feeding fertilizer and on the weekends I'm giving it nothing but pH balanced water. Okay. And what else about watering at this stage? Yeah, as as with the other stages, first and foremost, you need to make sure that you're using chlorine or uh, chlorine free or filtered water um, so that you don't hurt your plant. Uh, you also need to make sure that you have good aeration in your soil and good drainage out of the soil so that you're not um, getting, you know, root rot and things like that. And if you have any questions about um, how you should probably uh, properly dechlorinate your water or pH balance your water, um, you can always check out our previous episodes. Perfect. And um, in regards to ventilation, what do we need to do for that in this stage? So ventilation is is very, very important for the flowering stage. It's less important at the very beginning of life, especially when you're talking about a seedling or, you know, a small vegging plant. But for the flowering process, it's going to need a, a constant steady flow of carbon dioxide. Um, not only that, the fresh air and constant airflow is also going to make it harder for pests. Um, you know, it's going to uh, increase the strength of your branches so it can hold heavier buds. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to have good ventilation. So you want to have at this stage the fan blowing directly on the leaves themselves. You don't want them, you know, you don't want their, their hair blowing in the wind, as it were. You just want them to be gently swaying back and forth. So if you're getting anything more than a gentle sway, then you need to either turn down the fan or, or move it farther away from the plants. Uh, it's also a good idea to have an exhaust fan uh, to increase air movement and ventilation, not only um, for the health of the plants, but it will also reduce the odor in your growth space and it won't make the entire building smell like cannabis, which obviously for some people that's a big deal and they want to be more discreet. So an exhaust fan is, is a good way to handle that. Okay. And then um, what about the pH levels at this stage? So you always ideally want the pH levels of your water between six and seven when you're growing in soil. When you're growing in uh, cocoa, you want it to be between five and six. And again, if you have any questions about the differences between uh, soil and cocoa and hydro, uh, please check out our intro episode. Uh, it's full of information about that. But most of it, most nutrients are available to the plant um, 
only between the range of six and seven um, in soil. And typically when you're uh, six and a half and below, that's where you want to be for veg. Um, so 6.0 to 6.5 is where you want to be for veg. 6.5 to 7.0 is the range where you want to be for flowering because the pH of your water and soil very much determines which nutrients the plant can actually bring up. So if, even if you have it within that six to seven range, if you're on the lower end of the sixes, you may cause your plant to experience some deficiencies because it needs to be more in the six, 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 seven range to draw in the certain nutrients that it needs for the flowering stage. Okay. And so I understand there's basically three stages during flowering. And the first one is the initiation stage. Um, so can you tell us how long that lasts and, and um, what we should be looking for? Yeah. So the initiation phase is usually going to be the first three weeks once you change it over to um, the 12-hour the light schedule. And the first thing you're going to see once it starts flowering is you're going to see an explosion of growth, right? And, and every single node site, you're going to um, see those pistils start to uh, grow out of the nodes. But not only that, the plant is roughly going to double in size. So you need to keep that in mind when you're flipping your flower over. Um, because however high it is, when you flip it over, just expect it to be twice that height once it's done growing the uh, initiation stage of flowering, so one to three weeks. Um, this is also known as the transition phase. Um, there, there are going to be drastic changes in the plant every single day. You're going to notice an abundance of pistols start to come out of each node site, and you're really going to see the basis and, and you know the foundation of those buds start to form. And again, the pistols look like little tiny white hairs um, that come out of each bud site. And um, towards the end of the third week, this is when you're really going to actually start to see the, the buds themselves forming. And this should happen not only at the end of every single stem, but also um, where stems and branches meet. Those are also going to be bud sites. So it's very, very important that you clear away any fan leaves or any leaves that are blocking the light from those areas. Um, everywhere where you see those little white pistols is where buds are going to come from. So anyone that does not have um, direct light on them, those buds are not going to develop uh, at the right rate and, and will likely just end up eating up growth hormones that could have been used at better sites. It's also important to remember that before you flip this over into the initiation stage, you need to make sure that you're, che you're checking the plants thoroughly. It is much easier to treat a pest or mold problem on a vegetating plant than it is for a flowering plant. Obviously, you want to be very, very careful whatever you put on buds because those are things that you're going to be ingesting in your body and you can make yourself sick depending on what kind of pesticides you decide to use to take care of, you know, for instance, a pest problem or um, antifungal uh, treatments for plants can also make you ill if you ingest them. So that's something to keep in mind that you make sure that you check that um, before you flip it over. That makes sense. Okay, so next is the mid-flowering stage. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so the mid-flowering stage is usually um, about a two-week range, you know, so your fourth and your fifth week of flower. Um, they're going to stop growing um, in size, so they won't be getting any taller, but the buds themselves will be getting fatter and um, 
the the pistols will start to turn orange. Some of them may curl up as well. And at this point, this is when you need to lower your humidity down to more in the 40% range, as low as you can get it uh, if you hit that 40 mark, nothing below that. It's also better um, in this stage to start slowly lowering your temperatures. The longer that the flowering stage goes on, the the cooler and cooler you want the temperatures to be. So including the temperature of the lights, um, you're looking for around 18 to 26 degrees Celsius. And um, always make sure that you are measuring the distance between the, the lamps and the plant and maintain that correct distance. Because if you don't, you can, um, you can bleach your buds with light. You can uh, stunt their growth by not giving them enough light. So you, you really need to make sure that you're staying in that sweet spot. And if you have any questions about what the sweet spot is for your particular light, you should, uh, you should have received some documentation with your light that will give you the correct distance away from the plant depending on the stage of life, um, assuming that you bought a cannabis-specific light. If not, um, there should be information online for your particular model and, and where to keep it. Um, it's also uh, normal in in this stage of the plant's life to see um, some fan leaves start to become yellow or brown and then they'll crumple up and then they'll start falling off. You know, I remember when I first started growing, I would inspect every single leaf every single day. And if I saw any spot at all, um, I would immediately, of course, be concerned because I felt like my plant was dying and I was doing something incorrectly. But that's completely normal in this stage of life. It's going to happen. And this is because um, nutrients inside of a cannabis plant, not all of them, but some of them are called mobile nutrients, meaning that um, the the plant is going to feed off of itself. So it's going to suck all the nutrients out of certain leaves to move them to the bud sites to feed that bud development and bud growth that you're looking for. So it's nothing abnormal for leaves to die and fall off here. Good to know. Okay. And then finally, we have the late flowering or ripening stage. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so the ripening stage is usually starts um, around week six and then obviously continues on until it's time to harvest the plant. And this is going to be the last few weeks. And this is going to be when the buds gain the most weight. Um, they may not look like they're getting much bigger past the six-week mark, but um, the majority of the bud at first is going to be all water weight. It's then going to replace that water weight with actual bud growth in the, the waning weeks of the uh, veg the uh, flowering cycle. Um, they're also going to increase in smell significantly. You're going to uh, see trichome development. So it'll look like um, almost like a frost over them. Um, and if you touch them, they'll be extremely sticky. Um, and then this is when you want to drop your humidity down even lower. So now you want to look at um, in, in your 30s, if possible, because all of that stickiness really increases the risk of mold because the plant is just going to be so, so dense. And it's going to have much less airflow in, in and around the buds because they're getting much more dense. So you're going to need to increase your airflow, decrease your humidity, and continue to decrease your temperature. So now we're talking, you want to get down into, you know, 18 to 20 degrees Celsius range, maybe a little bit higher than that. Um, and the reason that you're doing that 
is that you are you're basically trying to create a false fall for these plants. And um, by doing that, you not only increase bud development, but you also increase bud density. So you can control how dense your buds are by how cold your plant is in the last few weeks of life. Um, this is also when you need to start checking the trichomes, which are the little, um, you know, the little frost on the plant for signals of ripening and to know when to harvest them. And um, once you see what you're looking for in the trichomes, that's when you want to start considering when it's time to flush your plants. So um, trichomes are going to look like a little white stem with a with a little glass ball on the end of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when they first start developing, the little ball on the end of the stem is going to be 100% transparent. It's going to look clear, just like glass or like a little drop of water. Once the plant starts to produce THC, that little glass ball is going to look like it's filled with milk or smoke. And then that's the THC starting to form. And that's you know what's going to give you the desired result at the end. That's what you're looking for. To know when it's done producing the THC, um, some of those balls will end up being um, their, their color will change from like a milky or smoky white into an amber or a brown color. This is the THC degrading over time. And, um, you know, if you see one or two of these, that doesn't mean your plant's done and it's time to harvest. You're looking for more of a five to 10% coverage of the entire plant to have these amber tips on the end of the trichomes. And the best way to look for that is that you can get a jeweler's loop um, or there are apps on your phone that you can um, you can get that have wireless magnifying glasses where you can uh, zoom in on your buds and really look at those trichomes and, and see what they are. But if if you um, do it too soon and it doesn't have time to produce the right amount of THC, obviously you're not going to get the effects from consuming the cannabis that you're looking for. And if you wait too long, um, all the THC is going to degrade into CBD, and then it's going to be much more of a, a couch lock type of bud where you don't want to move, you don't want to do much, you just kind of want to space out and sit on the couch. And if that's not the desired effect that you're going for, then you really need to um, you really need to understand where your trichomes are at to understand when to harvest your plant. Okay. And then, like I said, after that, you're going to need to to decide when it's time to flush your plant. So flushing a plant is essentially running mass quantities of water through the pot that the plant is in to flush out all those chemical nutrients that you've been feeding it. If you are an organic grower, you don't really have to worry about this step. But generally, the last week to two weeks before you actually harvest your plant, you're going to want to feed it no nutrients at all, nothing but water, and allow the plant to eat up all those chemicals that you've put in the soil and trans, you know, you know, translate that into bud growth. Okay. So also I've heard um, that you can tell by uh, looking at the pistils when it's ready to harvest. What about that? Right. So when your buds are growing, they're going to have those pistils or white hairs just all over them, right? The older the bud gets, it's going to, um, those hairs are going to start to shrivel up close to the bud and they're going to go from white to orange to sometimes a deep orange or brown, depending on the strain. Um, General rule of thumb, if you don't have a jeweler's loop and you can't actually inspect your trichomes, when about 75% of those pistols have turned orange or brown and have shriveled up close to the bud, that's generally 
not 100%, but generally a safe time to harvest your bud. You'll probably still lose a little bit of yield and maybe a little bit of potency. But again, if you don't have any other indicators that you can check to see if your plant's ready, that's always a good good way to check. And then another way you can check, you can always um, just cut one bud off and let it dry for a couple days and smoke it or you know make an edible out of it or do whatever you know however you choose to um, take in the cannabis to see if it gives you the desired effect and if not just wait a little bit longer you know all right right on well uh, thanks for all this great information about flowering in the next episode um, i assume we're going to probably discuss harvesting uh, if you have any questions about anything that we have discussed so far, or if there's something you would like us to go over, please reach out to us via email at vafriedgreentomatoes at gmail. Um, we are now on Facebook, so you can message us there. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We look forward to the next time. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.